Welcome to No Bucks Given, the equestrian podcast where we have honest conversations about the horse industry, whether it's debunking common myths in the science or lack thereof behind them, or tackling both sides of controversial social topic, we get to the bottom of what matters most, how to best care and advocate for our horses. Today on the podcast, we're joined by a very special guest, my best friend, Laura Adriance. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Laura is going to help me discuss something that I have been asked about a whole lot, which is massage guns and their use on horses. Is it safe to use them? Is it not safe to use them? Are the benefits real? And how should you use them on your horse if you want to? So Laura, I'd love to start off with, um, what do you know as the uh, amateur equestrian about using massage guns and uh, using them on horses? I have never used one on a horse. It's always made me a little nervous to do that yeah. because I just felt like it was, for lack of a better word, kind of violent. And I was nervous to, like before I really knew the muscular system as well from you, I was afraid I was going to hurt them. Um, but I guess my like basic knowledge is that um, like if you have like a sore muscle or something, it kind of like pulverizes it to make it feel better. I've used them on myself a little bit. That's the best way I can describe how it felt for me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I have the same or had the same, uh, what's the word, tentativeness about Mm -hmm. massage guns um, and maybe caution. I do 100% agree with you. I think that they can be really aggressive, especially if the person using them doesn't know where to use them or have an intimate knowledge of anatomy exactly like you like you said um i love that you use the word pulverize because i think (laughs) that that's what a lot of people think of when it comes to massage guns um because they can be so aggressive and a lot of us have seen that but um I decided, because I've always been very skeptical of them, um, I decided to do a deep dive because I just always assumed that they didn't really do anything. And I also had the personal um, experience of having um, having a massage gun used on me a few different times and not having a very good reaction. Mm -hmm. Um, For whatever reason, um, you know, every body is different and my body just did not like the massage guns that were used on me. But... Um, uh, I had a fellow massage therapist friend use a different kind of massage gun on me and I did really like that one. Mm. And then, so I was wondering, well, what, what makes some of them good and what makes some of them bad and do any of them have a really good benefit, um, long lasting, or is it just something that kind of feels good at the time? Because my assumption was initially, it's just something that feels good, which there is absolutely merit with, but I kind of assumed that they didn't do a whole lot compared to more traditional massage therapy. Yeah. But what I did is I like kind of dove into the research and I was actually really pleasantly surprised to see that there are a lot of benefits mm of massage guns. Um, but there are times to use them and not to use them. And we'll kind of hop into that in this episode. Cool. I'm excited to hear about it. Awesome. Thank you for being on this journey. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> so the first thing that I think a lot of horse owners don't know um, is that there are actually two different kinds of massage guns. There's vibrational massage guns and there are percussive massage guns. So what does that mean to you, Laura? Um, I would think that percussive is, like, more punchy, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. the vulvarizing, I was saying. 
And the vibration just kind of like in place. Yes. Um, movement versus like the back and forth punching. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, the vibrational, exactly like you said, it's uh, kind of, a, it's vibrating. I don't really know how else to describe vibrational. <laughs> it, it just sits there and it vibrates. Whereas the percussive um, guns actually have a mechanism that are drawing them backwards and for, forwards and punching. So it does have that effect of like a jackhammer, for mm -hmm. example. And that's why sometimes when you use those percussive guns on a really tight muscle at a high level, you'll actually feel it bounce a bit because it is essentially doing a mini jackhammer action wow. um and you know i preparing for this episode i wanted to see you know i have my opinions on which is better i wanted to see if there was any research comparing the two different kinds um and i couldn't find any research comparing the two different kinds of massage guns mm -hmm. that were unbiased of course um when you search vibration versus percussion massage guns basically all that comes up is different companies who have one or the other sure. saying like well mine is better or well mine is better um, however, my personal experience has been that I really prefer the percussive, the percussive therapy, mm -hmm. um, the vibrational, the, you know, I mentioned that I've had some different bad experiences and bad is a loose term, mm -hmm. you know, my body just didn't, you know, I got a massage from them and my body just felt kind of tight and irritated afterwards. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like a horrible experience by any means, but the ones that didn't work for me and what really turned me off of massage guns were vibrational. Um, whereas the percussive ones are the massage guns that for me personally have worked a lot better. Mm -hmm. And you're, you're going to be very surprised, but I have a theory on it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Laura knows, um, due to our main conversations off podcast, I have a theory about basically everything in the massage industry. Our theory queen. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically my theory on it and why I originally didn't like massage guns is because I felt like the fight... Vibration therapy, um, the big uh, side effect of it is basically that it's stimulating. So vibration okay. equals stimulating. And percussive is definitely stimulating as well. But the main thing that vibration therapy, in my opinion, does is stimulate. Mm -hmm. So to me, what that meant was, you know, for example, I'm someone who's very tight and overstimulating my muscle and um, it like overstimulating my muscle irritated it because sure. it didn't need to be stimulated. It needed to be loosened up and addressed yeah. where stimulating it kind of made it tighten up more. And I also, I think at the time had some soft tissue stuff, like maybe a sprained strain of some of my ligaments um, that it irritated because of the vibrational action. Okay. I think, you know, for example, I have, I've sprained my left ankle multiple times and I had someone use it on my like foot and ankle and it really irritated that old sprain. Yeah, I think I because that vibrational action was essentially irritating the soft tissue in my ankle. Mm -hmm. Um, so Whereas the percussive therapy, as you can imagine, um, most people assume that percussive therapy goes a bit deeper than vibrational, which yeah. does make sense to me. I mean, if you think about it, vibration is kind of staying on the skin and kind of like equally radiating throughout a certain area, whereas the percussive is more pinpointed and oh, okay. pushing the kinetic energy in and out of a certain area is kind yeah. of how I think of it. Does that, that make sense? sense? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. And so different companies also say that percussive um, goes deeper than vibrational therapies. Again, there wasn't a research I could find that actually proved that, mm -hmm. but that's certainly what it feels like to me when I use one massage gun versus yeah. the other. 
that would be my uneducated guess too. I just feel like vibrations are surface level versus like when you're hitting harder, you're getting deeper. Right. But Right. And I think that there's certainly an argument to be made for vibrational therapy in terms of, you know, I know someone who uses a, a vibrational massage gun on, um, she's a nurse and she has a patient in a wheelchair and she uses the vibrational massage gun on her um, patient who on his legs in the wheelchair mm. to stimulate um, okay. the muscle tissue. That makes sense. I think that you could also argue maybe in like an older horse using the vibrational therapy um, on more like atrophied muscles that are really uh, loose that could have some benefit. Huh. Um, but other than that, for me personally, I definitely prefer the more percussive massage guns. And most of, or I think actually all of the research that we're going to look at today that shows massage guns to be effective are percussive okay. massage guns. Gotcha. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think that, and also just because I feel like a lot of people like want to know this, the gun that I use that I really like is the Theragun. Okay. Um, and that's also coincidentally what most of this research is on. That being said, Theragun doesn't have a massage gun for horses. I don't see why you couldn't use it on horses. Mm -hmm. um, it's definitely one of the more pricey ones. I think that there are absolutely more affordable options out there um, that are still quite good. My aunt got me a percussive massage gun recently that was a much uh, cheaper version, I think, that was really nice and felt very similar to the Theragun. Oh, cool. Um, but yeah, so there are a lot of different ones out there, but I always like to know brands if I can. Um, and Theragun is basically what all the research that we're going to go over today was done Okay, on. gotcha. Um, and so we're going to jump into basically the research um, of what massage guns can do as well as what they can't do. Um, and... Unfortunately, all of this research has been done on humans. There hasn't been any massage gun uh, research on horses that I personally could find. Um, so, of course, there's a little bit of nuance there, but I think that most of it translates pretty well. Yeah. Mammals. Mammals. We're all pretty similar. <laughs> we are. Um, and there's a lot more money to research humans, unfortunately, than horses right now. All right. So we're going to kind of jump into... Um, the research. But before we do that, I just really want to touch on two of the main things that massage guns are actually doing when they're working. Mm -hmm. um, so number one um, is that they are moving around the lymph a bit. Okay. Um, and so uh, I've talked about delayed onset muscle soreness on this podcast before um, in different places on uh, the muscle soreness series, especially, but I'll just briefly touch on it. Mm -hmm. Do you remember what uh, delayed onset muscle soreness is? Um, it's like in the day or even potentially two days after like a hard workout, yeah. that's when the soreness starts to pop up. Yeah. 24 to 72 hours. Oh, it's, 72. Yeah. It's actually generally two to three days afterwards, but I definitely okay. think that, um, the 24 hours afterwards can be included. It could be. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's basically what people used to think is that muscle soreness was caused by lactic acid accumulation. Mm -hmm. And then we figured out that it was actually caused by, um, lymph coming into the muscles when there's a micro tear due to exercise. And then basically the lymph not efficiently getting out of the muscles, mm -hmm. causing the muscles to swell and then stimulating the pain receptors, um, which also just makes the muscles stiff and harder to move. Right. So that's what leads to both stiffness and pain um, after exercise. So that's delayed onset muscle soreness or DOMS. Gotcha. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. So 
Um, definitely. And definitely one of the um, best things that massage can do for any animal, human or horse, is when it's used right after a cue exercise. So a hard workout. It can. It has been shown in many, many different peer-reviewed studies to prevent or treat delayed onset muscle soreness. So it's great to use massage right after exercise okay. to uh, basically move that lymph out of the muscle and then to prevent DOMS. Okay. That was going to be my question. So it moves the lymph out of the system. Yeah. When you're using the percussion or the massage gun. Right, right. So basically the lymph system has little vessels just mm -hmm. like the circulatory system does. But the circulatory system has a big pump, which is the heart. Okay. Whereas the lymph system um, has some big ducts and it has little pumps, um, little pumps um, in the vessels, but it doesn't have a big pump moving it. So sometimes it can become really stagnant in one area. And the only way to move it is either exercise um, or uh, manual therapy massage. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. And then a quick question on the lymph. So yeah. For me, when I think of lymph, I know it can go anywhere in the body, but my first thought is the legs. Um, like when you're going to put a standing wrap on or something like that to prevent the lymph from um, congregating, I guess. Would you ever use a massage gun on the legs? That's a really good question. Um, my first like knee-jerk reaction is no, don't do that. Same. <laughs> Same. Um, I just can't imagine that that feels good. Like I'm imagining yeah. someone um, putting a massage gun on my ankle bone, which I feel like would be similar. I can't imagine that feels good. That being said, if you had like a really thick standing wrap over a leg and then use the massage gun over the really thick standing wrap to just add some vibration and movement, mm -hmm. I that probably wouldn't hurt. That being said, you already have a standing wrap on. So I don't know yeah. if the benefit would necessarily, um, I don't know that the benefit would necessarily, I, I don't know if there would be a benefit. Right, when the standing wrap is already there. Um, but I do think that if you want to move the lymph around in uh, swollen legs, there's definitely a massage you can do. Like you mm -hmm. could basically just like quickly um, rub your hands up and down the legs and okay. get some friction and movement going. And then just gently push up the leg to move the lymph up, up the leg. Okay, gotcha. Um, and if those of you who are listening, if that sounds interesting to you, either just like leave a review or comment on my Instagram. And I'm definitely happy to do a video showing how to do that. Because I've definitely done that on different horses with a little bit of lymphedema or something mm. like that. And it's definitely been helpful to them. Cool. I'm going to remember yeah. that one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Try it on on my girl. On your girl. Yeah, we could even demo it on Dixie. She'd probably love that. She probably would love that because <laughs> her hind legs, like a lot of older horses, just get a little bit swollen. Yeah, absolutely. So then the second thing that massage, massage guns do is they work on something called the pain gate control theory. Okay. Have I talked to you about that before? You know, you have, but I can't remember exactly what it That's is. That's very fair. That's very fair. I, I can't even always like totally remember your, what your company does. I know that <laughs> they work in fair. defense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the pain gate control theory. So um, Laura, trying to think of a recent injury you had when we were skiing and you fell over. Guys, okay, quick side note. This is like, I think this is the funniest story ever. So me and Laura and our other best friend, Tori, and my boyfriend, Cody, all went skiing last year. Um, me, typical, full of false confidence. I was like zooming around. Um, Maya and I had never skied before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We it was our first time ever. ever. It was our first time. Typical, like very typical classic R personalities. I was zooming around being like, this is the best thing ever with no control. And Laura was like very slowly like <laughs> skiing down the hill. Um, 
there's this giant sign um, that says slow down. <laughs> I'm going Mach 7 down like the green hill. Which, what? okay, what feels like Mach 7 to me. I'm going what feels like Mach 7 to me down the green hill. She I passed me, so she was at a good clip. <laughs> I wipe out on this slow downhill. She she hit it. She yeah, I hit skied it. straight into it. <laughs> I couldn't stop. <laughs> Cody had not installed brakes on me. <laughs> um, I, like, I I hit it. I like went down super hard. Laura's passing me very, very slowly and says, are you okay? And then she wipes out and she did her MCL. She did her knee. So right when you first did um, wiped out, hurt your MCL, did you go to like touch your knee and mm-hmm. like press on it at all? Yeah. So that's actually something called the pain gate control theory. So by applying pressure to your knee, what you were doing was you were actually um, acting activating different um, mechanoreceptors other than just pain receptors. Okay. So basically what the pain gate control theory states is that um, your body can only understand so many signals from the nervous system at one time, because Mm -hmm. basically the nervous system is like a highway um, from your spinal cord to your brain. And you have these little nerves traveling all over your body, figuring out what's going on in the world around you. But that highway, um, it basically gives urgency to whatever is happening the loudest. Um, And it can only actually process one thing at a time. So you might be hurting, but if you go and apply pressure to your knee, um, you basically feel less of the pain. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So another way that I think of this, which is also a niche reference, is um, if you go get your eyebrows waxed and the lady immediately like presses on it mm-hmm. afterwards. Have you noticed how they yeah, do that? Yeah, and it really helps. Yeah, it totally like negates the pain because instead of feeling the like sting of ripping out your hair, they're pressing on it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's basically one of the big ways that massage helps people is that um, you're in pain. So let's say um, you hurt your back mm-hmm. um, or let's say, you know, okay, let's say you hurt your knee and I worked on you like a few weeks afterwards and you were cleared for massage. Mm-hmm. So that knee was hurting your MCL, but I went in and because it was hurting, you were walking kind of funny and it was also tweaking your hip. Yeah. So I go in and I work on... Um, I work on your knee and I open and the nice thing about massage is that it improves circulation. All this stuff moves the lymph around. Mm -hmm. The other thing it's doing is it's distracting you from the pain. So it's allowing your muscles the chance to relax because they might be Uh, contracted against the pain guarding. So it allows your muscles the chance to relax and it allows your brain to get it allows your brain to process that maybe that area doesn't hurt anymore. Mm. And it can also help with compensatory patterns. So maybe after I worked on your knee and your hip, you felt like you were in as much pain. So you were able to walk more straight and then you were therefore able to have your muscles be in a better shape and you were able to have better posture. So not Uh. only did massage actually help with your circulation and lymph movement and a fascial adhesions you had, it was able to actually go in and break a pain cycle and allow you to move better afterwards in a way that was protective to your body. Okay. That makes sense. Awesome. Yeah. So that's the other thing that massage guns can do is they can act on the pain gate control theory. So let's say that your horse really, um, was pretty sore from tweaking, um, maybe their glutes or they were just tight from, um, doms after a hard workout, you can go in and use the massage gun. And not only is it 
moving around lymph, it's also acting on the pain gate control theory and allowing them to relax those muscles and relax over their top line and feel better the next day. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's get into the research. Does that sound All good? All right. Let's I, do it. I love research. All right. <laughs> so we have a list of what uh, massage guns can do and what mm-hmm. they can't do. So we're going to go over what they can do first. Okay. So we just covered that they move lymph um, and they uh, act on the pain gate control theory. They can also improve circulation um, because okay. of the movement. And then they also uh, improve flexibility. So this has been proved um, in a few different uh, studies, the um, base study that I reference throughout this episode, I'm going to read it to you. It'll also be linked in the show notes. Effects of percussive therapy on musculoskeletal performance and experiences of pain, a systematic literature review. So this was a meta-analysis. Mm-hmm. So basically they went through and looked at a lot of different studies um, and how it affects people. Um, and how they basically went through a bunch of different studies done on massage guns and how they affect people and looked at all of the data and then drew conclusions from there. So the first one was that they did find that it improved flexibility. Um, So just to read a quick quote, um, significant acute improvements in flexibility were reported in all studies after one application of percussive therapy. So that's really cool. Um, Despite variation in measures used to assess outcome data, brand of massage gun or frequency or amplitude or head attachment. So basically, no matter what they did with the massage gun, using it did improve flexibility a bit. Um, However, despite these positive findings, there was also evidence to suggest that the alternative method of static stretching was just as effective as Mm -hmm. a single treatment of percussive therapy for flexibility. So that I also found interesting because I think that a lot of people only have a certain amount of time to spend with their horse. You know, Mm -hmm. you might only have like an hour a week on a Saturday or you might only have like... 10 minutes after your ride to do something nice for them, like use a massage gun or do their carrot stretches. So I do think that it's valuable to weigh the pros and cons of various therapies, not only um, by themselves, but also against each other. So I felt like that was important to mention that you don't necessarily have to go buy a massage gun to improve their flexibility. You can do stretching. Or even if you had one, I guess, would it be worth it just to see which they prefer at that point? You know, I think so. And I mean, to me, I know that that study says that, but to me personally, I do still think that there's a lot to be said for doing both. Right. Mm, Because both have different benefits. And, um, I think that I personally would still lean towards stretching just because Mm. I think that it has such a deep effect on the fascial system, whereas I don't think that massage guns quite have the same effect on the fascial system, but we'll get into that a little bit later. And it's probably, I would guess, with the massage gun, more concentrated area. Yes, that's actually a really good point. Yeah, because it would probably take you you know, at least like five or ten minutes to work on like an entire like hind leg to hamstring and everything, mm-hmm. whereas you could all stretch that area in one go. Exactly. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. And also, like, if it depends on the stretch too. Like, 
Um, you know, for example, I'm such a big fan of the kissing spine stretches and you're not going to improve core strength with a massage gun, right? Good point. You're, Good you point. are going, you it could in theory improve the flexibility of the spine a little bit, yeah. um, but you're definitely not going to improve core strength. And with the, with those kissing spine stretches, you get the best of both worlds. Yeah. Dixie um, loves those. Yeah. She's <laughs> so good. Um, all right. So my thoughts on um, the studies on flexibility, um, there was also some studies on using uh, massage guns over time and like over six weeks and seeing how they improve flexibility. But basically all of those studies came back as kind of inconclusive. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, a lot of the studies in this meta-analysis had some flaws, like either they had a really small group um, for the study, or they didn't have a very good control. Okay. Um, so basically the studies on the, uh, effect of it over time weren't great. Um, but I do think that, um, it's, I do think that it's fair to hypothesize that the results would build up a bit over time, mm -hmm. just like anything else. Like, I think that if you consistently use these and they improve flexibility once, I don't see why that couldn't compound a bit. Um, but as you'll see later, um, a little bit of my question overall with massage guns is clearly the effects of the massage guns are good. But my question is, how long do those effects last? Right. Yeah. So then the next thing was that um, we it did show that massage guns can reduce pain. Oh, okay. So that's really important. Because of the pain gate control theory or just in and of themselves? So, I mean, I guess we can't look at the actual, like, mechanism of exactly what's happening as yeah. to why it causes pain. I don't know if we could control for the pain gate control theory. We might be able to compare it against some other things. Right. But it did say that um, it reduced pain um, in a study on bus drivers who used mm. it five times a week for six weeks, I believed, um, it did improve their pain very significantly. Oh, okay. The negative to that study was that um, it was also paired with um, making different postural suggestions to mm. them. So they didn't just use the massage gun. They also said like, sit up straighter, improve your posture, do yeah. this different thing, which is really a shame. I don't really know why they did that in this yeah. study. Devil's advocate though, it. maybe the massage gun was helping them to have that better posture that's very you know true. compounding with each other and that's exactly what you know that's what that's part of what i was getting at with like the massage pain gate control theory yeah, is yeah. you know reducing that pain therefore they can improve their posture um so you're totally right that's a really good point to bring up flora um so yeah i thought that you know there wasn't a great comparison showing um pain control and flexibility over time um, versus after just one time. But certainly the fact that it can improve them after one time, I think says a lot. Sure. Yeah. So then um, the final thing that massage guns can do that was proven in research was it can prevent DOMS. Mm, yeah. So um, it showed that uh, vibration therapy and massage are equally effective at DOMS. So they compared uh, manual massage therapy with a massage gun. Mm -hmm. um, and basically it showed that both are effective um, at preventing DOMS, which has massage itself has been proven to uh, prevent DOMS and massage massage guns now as well have been proven to uh, prevent DOM. So I thought okay. that that was really interesting. And a quick question on that. So I know you said it's most effective when you use the massage gun or massage or whatever immediately after exercise. What if you do it like 
I don't know, 12 to 14, 16 hours, like not the full 24 hours, but before the doms would really set in. Do you think that that would have any effect? I mean, probably oh, lesser. Yeah. But I yeah. think I would say that it probably like very slowly tapers off. Like okay. it's probably most effective right after. And then um, there's still a lot of benefit up to the 72 hours or whatever. Like okay. I think that there's always a benefit to massage. Yeah. Always. There's always a benefit. Like massage, the great thing about massage, whether it's manual therapy or massage guns, the the percussive guns, is that it's as long as you're educated and you know how to do it, you're very unlikely to do any harm. Mm -hmm. And in basically any situation, you're probably going to be doing good. So I don't think you can lose out. I think that there are times when it's more or less effective. You know, I think that... Um, it's a little bit more effective to do it right after. It's definitely more effective to do it within 24 hours than it is to do it within 72 hours, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure that's been proven in research, but I don't have the study yeah. on hand. Um, I think that, um, but I think even doing it at 72 hours, you're still acting on the lymph. You're still acting mm-hmm. on the pain gate control theory. So, you know, what all of this goes back to is, Um, even if you can't be perfect, you do have a lot of, um, as a horse owner, you do have a lot of really awesome therapies available to you in your own hands. So, you know, don't put too much pressure on yourself to be perfect and always do the right thing as long as you're doing something to help them. Good life lesson overall, really. (laughs) (laughs) I think just taking action is sometimes more important than, uh, analyzing every action. Just to get a little bit philosophical. Gonna write that one down. (laughs) Massive. I think I think I've told you this before, but definitely the thing that I like being too philosophical on a massage guns podcast. Definitely the way I live my life, like one piece of advice that totally changed my life is that massive, imperfect action moves mountains. Oh, I like that. Thank you. Yeah, I think and I think that that goes back to horse care. Like I think that, you know, I'm saying this literally as I'm doing an analysis on if uh, a certain therapy works or not. But I do think that sometimes um, sometimes we don't think enough about what we're doing to our horses. But also, I think sometimes we get analysis paralysis and think too much. Like, I think as, yeah. long, as, as long as we've looked over, you know, some data that's unbiased um, right. and made the decision best for our horse, we can always change those decisions. Yeah. And I think it's a shades of gray thing too, not to yeah. get too far off topic, yeah, but like, you're right. it's not like black and white of like doing nothing versus getting it perfect to do everything. Yes. Like I even really if like it's that. not like a dark gray, even if it's a light gray, still better than the white of doing nothing. Yeah. I have to remind myself of that all the time. <laughs> it's really hard. And I think it's really hard when we live in a world where there, we're constantly bombarded by information. Um, I think that, And I say that as someone whose kind of job is to bombard people with information. (laughs) Um, I think that what's most important is to remember that um, you know your horse best and to seek out information to best equip yourself, but then to make a decision um, and see how it affects your horse personally. Because I think that they're all individuals, just like we're all individuals. Sure. Yeah. All right. So here's what massage guns can't do. Hmm. Um, so what they can't do is they can't address fascial adhesions. Oh, interesting. Okay. So that hasn't been, I mean, I didn't find any research on that, but I would just say as a myofascial release specialist, I just think that there's no way that they can based Mm -hmm. on how myofascial adhesions behave and what they respond to. Okay. Gotcha. So basically it's been shown that fascial adhesions respond really well to sustained pressure or stretching or exercise, 
But percussive and vibrational therapy do none of those things. Right. Um, so I would say that I don't think that they're going to address any fascial adhesions that are causing uh, uh, nerve pain. So, you know, if you, for example, have a horse that's really stuck in a really bad posture um, or if you have a horse that has old scar tissue, um, I think that the massage gun may help in terms of some circulation and working on the pain gate control theory, but mm-hmm. I don't think that it would be as effective as manual myofascial release. That makes um, sense. Which, you know, just putting it out there, I'm very clearly biased. So you guys can feel free to disagree with me on that. Biased, but, but with the results to back it up. So I have, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that. I just, the results I've seen in my practice were working on both people and horses. I don't think that anyone could get with a massage gun, Yeah. but clearly massage guns do have a lot of merit. Mm-hmm. It might supplement it, but I don't think it could get there on its own. Yeah. I would say that overall, you know, we're not quite done with the episode yet, but overall it does seem like massage guns are a very good supplement mm-hmm. to your, uh, um, to anyone's routine. Um, what they also can't do is improve muscle strength. Oh, okay. That's interesting because I would think potentially that could be something they could. So interested to hear. About I'm that. curious. How do you think that they would? Not to like put you on no, the spot, yeah. <laughs> but I I would just love to hear like because because it is a claim that people make oh, that really? companies make that it can improve muscle strength, which, which to me with my background always seemed preposterous because I was like the muscle isn't contracting. There's no way that it's doing the opposite. It's, it's Uh, in theory. I mean, vibration, maybe you could say it's stimulating. There might be a little bit of improvement of strength. Um, but I guess it also might be what you define as strength. Like, is it actually improving how strong the muscle is or is it improving the muscle's ability to act? That's a good question. Um, I guess my, (laughs) before talking with you about this today, I hadn't really thought about it like super specifically. I guess I thought of it as stimulating the muscle, mm-hmm. but then like I know from my own like exercise and stuff, when you build a muscle, then it can get sore as you're building it. So wouldn't yeah. you be making yourself more sore? I guess now as I'm analyzing this out loud, wouldn't you be making your muscle more sore if you were strengthening it with the massage gun, which is counterintuitive to what people want to use it for. Yeah. So I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're fine. And I think that it's worth um, just analyzing a little bit sometimes when we have a thought pattern, like where it's actually coming from. Because yeah. I think it's easy to just take in marketing and assume it as gospel. But I think a lot of the time when you peel back the layers of what something actually means or what a claim is, that you can very quickly get to the truth of it, which is exactly what you just did. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so basically the research showed that um, massage guns can't improve muscular strength, mm-hmm. um, which to me I'm defining as, um, you know, if a muscle could lift 10 pounds after being, after using a massage gun, it can't suddenly lift 20 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically a lot of studies showed that they did not improve strength over time. There was one case study, um, in which it was a single participant that had a rotator cuff injury and it showed that it improved their strength. The issue with a case study is that there's no control, right? So, and I also, unfortunately, that specific study was in another language, so I couldn't read it. Gotcha. Because um, I was curious. I would just want to see what that study looked like. Um, and also the uh, way that they tested that person's strength was apparently pretty subjective. Gotcha. Okay. So not so, a lot of merit on that one. Yeah. 
And then there was another um, there was another way of strength that they looked at, which was what I was alluding to earlier, which is basically maybe it doesn't improve their strength as in 10 to 20 pounds, but maybe it improves their function mm. um, in terms of like uh, if they were suddenly doing like if right after getting the massage gun, did it slightly um, improve uh, their function in the short term? Okay. Um, so like instead of like, uh, you know, this person had a rotator cuff injury. We're going to use it on them every day and see if absent of any physical, absent of any like physical therapy, sh- like other strengthening, will it improve them versus we're going to take a bunch of athletes and look at does their performance improve when we use it right before they work. Yeah. Does that make sense? Because yeah. it was a little bit complicated as I was like reading through the study. I couldn't totally figure it out, but I figured out that's what the difference was. Yeah. So it would work better potentially in like a rehabilitative setting than in like an athletic, like strength building. Type. No, the opposite. The opposite. Oh, wait. Oh. oh, wait. Okay. Sorry. So it, what they looked at that they found didn't work was a rehabilitation Okay, I got it Whereas they found that in the short term, in a th- in an athletic setting, it seemed to help those athletes it perform a bit help. better. Okay, interesting. Um, but those studies were also pretty flawed. Um, they also had a lot of like they didn't have a statistical analysis. Mm-hmm. So some of them said like, oh, it improves them, but they didn't say like by how much or anything like that. Interesting. Um, and it also a lot of also almost all of these were in another language, so I couldn't actually look at it. I was just looking at the summary of the meta analysis. Yeah. That makes um, sense. But then. Uh, some of them showed that there might be some improvement in explosive muscle strength immediately after use. So for example, a runner, um, using it right before they, they start their race, seeing how fast they picked up pace, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, it seemed like in some of the studies, um, that helped a bit, Mm -hmm. um, but nothing was super conclusive. And then finally, interestingly, um, some of those studies did show that women improved more than men. Really? Yeah. Which is random, but cool. I don't know why, (laughs) but fair enough. I mean, but again, none of these studies were super like conclusive in terms of like, they didn't have a good control. They didn't have a big, so I'd be interested to see another study on that though. Like somebody yeah. dive deeper into that. I would be too. And you know, you know, to be honest, anyone listening to this, if you have done a deeper dive on all of this and I have, you're definitely welcome to send me some of the research. You know, I looked at a meta-analysis and a couple other pieces of research, but there is a lot of research on massage guns. So mm-hmm. I certainly could be missing some yeah. um, on there. Um Okay, so overall, what it seems like is that massage guns are very good at moving lymph, improving circulation, improving flexibility, um, and reducing pain, and uh, reducing or preventing DOMS. Mm -hmm. What it seems like it doesn't do is address fascial adhesions or improve strength. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Now we have to look at what that means for you listening and your horse and your use on your horse. Okay. So I would just like to note, um, I'm an experienced massage therapist and I'm experienced using massage guns on myself, but I haven't used massage guns at length on horses because um, in my practice, I find what I do as a professional massage therapist with my hands to be more effective than um, my assume effective massage guns. Mm -hmm. So But so that's my disclaimer to all of the advice I'm about to give, Um, which is, first of all... um, 
before you start using any sort of massage gun or device, you should definitely talk to your vet about it mm -hmm. um, and get cleared because there are different contraindications um, to massage. Okay. Do you know what a contraindication is? Not really. So it's basically um, when you shouldn't massage. So, for example, pregnancy. You shouldn't uh, massage a pregnant horse. Not because I think that necessarily it's bad for them, but just because it's never been shown that it isn't bad for mm -hmm. them. Um, you also should never um, massage or use massage guns on a horse that has a big active injury. You know, for example, sure. a giant incision because it's going to improve the circulation. It might reopen the incision. Yeah, yeah. Um, you also don't want to massage a horse right after they've gotten vaccinations. You don't want to massage a horse that's actively sick, colicking. All of this stuff I feel like is pretty common sense, but it's definitely worth noting. Yeah. And I would put forth maybe too that you shouldn't use a massage gun on your horse unless you have a decent understanding of the musculoskeletal system. That's definitely what I was about to say. Oh, next. sorry. Oh, no, Cut I you right apologize. Off. <laughs> You're totally right. Feel free to chime in. I think that the biggest point of this episode would definitely be that massage guns are good, but only in the right hands, right? Yeah. And I think that unfortunately, massage guns are marketed towards the amateur horse owner who doesn't have that intimate knowledge of their anatomy. So, you know, for example, I think that a lot of horse owners don't even know that the, um, horses' uh, neck bones are on the underside of their neck, not the top side. Um, and I've had uh, different clients use massage guns on the bottom of their horse's neck over top of their bones, which is also where a lot of the really important um, arteries are. Oh, boy. Um, so I definitely think that... Um, Anyone who's interested in using massage guns on their horse should take some sort of anatomy course um, or course in using massage therapy on horses yeah. um, or hopefully a course in using massage guns on horses. Yeah. I don't know that there's one out there. Um, if there was interest, I would very – just a note. If there was interest, I would very happily do a massage gun course, like a very, like, short, like, cheap one yeah, for people. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I just, I do think it's a, after all of this, learning all of this, I think it's a good tool. And I just think that people need to be a little bit better equipped to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, I think having a good understanding of your horse's anatomy is incredibly important so that you know you're not doing damage to them. Because I do think that you can very easily do more damage than good if yeah. you don't have a good understanding of their anatomy. But also, just as importantly, if you don't have a good understanding of how to read your horse and see if they're in pain, mm. um, especially I think a lot of people have more stoic horses. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think that you have to be careful about using a massage gun um, and then potentially using it on a high level and hurting your horse or irritating something that's in a lot of pain. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that everyone should just be a little bit careful about that and have an intimate understanding of how to palpate for pain and check for pain signs um, and then how to read horse response so that they understand when their horse is feeling good or feeling bad. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, and then finally, if you're listening to all of this and you feel really comfortable massaging your horse with a massage gun, you have a good understanding of their anatomy, um, it's just some, uh, you know, kind of rules of thumb moving forward would be to start very low and build mm -hmm. up. So that means both in intensity and time. So oh. you might want to start with like a 10 minute session on low, build up to a 10 minutes, build up to like a 15 minute session on low, then go to medium, do a 10 minute session on medium, build up to a 15 minute session on medium. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, 
I kind of doubt that there's ever a reason to use a massage gun like very high on a horse. Yeah. Horses are really sensitive. Yeah. Um, but if you were, I would definitely only do it on like the glutes and maybe the okay. hamstrings. And even then I'd be careful because some horses can get really funny about their hind end and yeah. protective. But I would only really target the massage gun with those bigger meatier areas with less bone. Sure. Yeah. And definitely not over um, the abdominal area at all. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um, honestly, just because I can't imagine that feels good to the horses at all. Right yeah. Over their ribs, <laughs> but also you don't know how that might affect their uh, digestive system. Oh, that's a really good point. Um, and then also, um, if possible, have a professional equine massage therapist show you how to use your massage gun and where you should target it on your horse if you have one. Um, and then, you know, with all of that being said, if you guys have any questions or would like to request any videos on me doing any sort of demos on this, either just leave a review on the podcast and request one or go to my Instagram page, no bucks given, and just comment under some of the recent videos and say, like, if you really want a demo showing something with the massage guns. Yeah. Cool. So do you have any last questions before we wrap up? Um... I don't think so. I actually do have a massage gun and I'm interested to maybe review all of this and then try it on on my girl. Yeah, absolutely. Because you've gone through Equine Massage 101 mm. and you have a good understanding of um, Dixie and her anatomy and everything. So, yeah. And I think, I mean, my like last like actual like question would be, is there actually a difference between the human and the horse guns mm. other than size? I don't know. Did they make a horse specific one? Oh yeah. They make a lot of horse specific oh, massage that. guns. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I, um, someone actually gifted me a broken, she, she, hers was broken. My boyfriend's electrician. She gave it to me to see if he could fix it. Um, and it looks the exact same other than it's slightly bigger. Okay. Um, but I don't know that they're necessarily very different. Yeah. Um, and I would just be curious and with the different companies, if there oh, is much too. of a difference, because I love my Theragun for me. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely be happy to use those on horses. Um, you know, I think that maybe, okay, very, very last point. I do see a lot of people like shoving down on the massage guns. I think that that can feel good to the horse. That probably will hurt your gun over time. So okay. I would be careful of that. So just kind of hold it neutral. Yeah, I would hold it and like be kind of like sliding it over the skin. Okay. I wouldn't press down a whole lot because I think that it would hurt your gun. Yeah. That's my assumption, but I yeah. don't know. I don't make that. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me. It's been a real treat to have you. Thank you for having me. So excited to join you. Thank you everyone for joining uh, this podcast. We're trying to get the word out um, about it. If you've gotten value from listening today, please, 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 please share it with a friend, leave a review and subscribe. We're still a very small podcast and appreciate any help you can provide with helping us grow. Have a good day.